What do you think it is about? Very interesting. Hmm. Deep. Resourceful. Thank you. Stephanie, what do you think the message is about? Amen! Amen. Everybody say new life. That's weak right now. I'm trying to think y'all got an old life or a boring life. Everybody say new life. New life, right? So, we are talking about new life. And in the sermon series, talking about new you, we talked about the new you, right? The old you is, is, is basically gone, right? The new you is here. The new creation has come. Then we talked about the new view, how you no longer view people, Christ, or the world the same. But today, we're going to be talking about a new life. Now, here's the thing, right? Everybody got an idea about a life. How many of you got a life right now? How many of you need to get a life? Oh. How many of you got a life but only on Fortnite? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you guys. I love you guys. But if your life consists of Fortnite and 2K, I've been there. You want to get out as far as you can. Trust me. So here's the thing, right? Everybody got a life. Some people don't value other people's lives, right? We got abortion. How many of you guys ever heard about abortion, right? Ending a baby's life. In the womb, some people don't value other people's lives. Anybody ever heard of slavery where they think that person's life is less important than them? Right? We got that kind of life, which is uh, just the value of someone. Then we got life as in the life that you live, right? And a lot of rappers nowadays, I was literally like looking up quotes by rappers. I was looking at Eminem. Man, they are all like not deep at all. I thought someone like Tupac was going to say something deep. But then once you just take it, once you take their sayings off a beat, it just seems so much more like stupid. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of them think that life is just about like your drive, right? Your motivation, just your work. If you ain't working, you ain't doing nothing, right? You know, and I got that from Wiz Khalifa and I got that from Eminem. I'm not going to front. But I don't know if y'all know about Wiz Khalifa anymore. But then some people, right, think is think life is about a bunch of choices and it's about helping others, you know? Uh, rappers like Kid Cudi. So everyone has an idea about a life. Then we have people like, you know, certain atheists, right? There's a guy called Alex Rosenberg, right? He's a Jewish atheist. He says there is no meaning to life. Life is literally nothing. Then uh, I don't know if anyone is into debates or whatever or anybody just likes to argue for no reason. I know some of you do. Some of y'all got attitudes just like that. So here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. There was a debate where literally our pastor was talking to a guy who considers himself agnostic. Agnostic means he doesn't really know if anything is real. So basically he's telling him, you know, what's the meaning? What's the purpose or anything? Basically this guy to sum it up, he really thinks there's nothing to life. You know, life could actually not even be real. That's what he thinks. Now that's crazy. So a lot of people have views about life. They think life is, a, you know, some people think they're living a good life. You know, if you ever ask the, the people in the club, you know, you know, and they're, they're just twerking on anybody they see and they ask them, man, how's your life? They say, my life is good. You ask people who are rich, living it up, they would say, man, this is the good life. Some people, right, they're, they're not so happy with their life. But here's the thing. There is an idea about life that is from God, and here's the thing. Everybody needs a new life. Everybody say, new life. The Bible shows us that, yes, God has given us life. The Bible says that he breathed life into us, and that he directs us how to live life, but the Bible actually says that he needs to give us new life. Now, if we can turn to Romans 6, 4, from the womb to the tomb, that's basically your whole life, but in between, you have to be given a new life from Jesus. Now, here's the thing. 
a lot of us are cool with our life right now. Like, for real, like, I'll ask some of you guys, you'll be like, no, nah, I wouldn't change it right now. Going to school, coming home, doing my homework real quick, playing some video games, getting ready for college. Yeah, I'm straight. That's life. I'll keep living. I'll keep living. That's my life. And, dude, I'm, I'm not saying, right, that, that, like, I think my life is better than yours, right? But I think this life is as, as good as it can get, the life that God is going to give you. So a lot of us think, you know, the way I live, right, is, is decent. And, and this is what life really means when I'm talking about new life. It's not only the, the, the source of life, the breath that God gives you, but it's the course of your existence. It's basically every step you make, the paths that you choose. Uh, what I would like to say is just, uh, you know, your actions and your events that happen when you're living. So, like, for example, we just had an awesome time of worship, and part of your life had to deal with abandonment. You were abandoned in your life, and that just so happened to be an action that occurred in your life. That's your life. You've been abandoned, right? But then we learned that, you know, the Heavenly Father takes, your, takes you, and he adopts you, but there's the thing. That's your life. That's what happened. So, when I, when I say that the old life that you have, right, because we all remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore... 101ers? Wait, 101ers on a count of three. One, two, three. Gosh. All right, you guys are good. You guys are good. You guys are good. I'm just. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, the new is here. Right, right? Like. Plain and simple, just stop right there. The new creation, the new is here, the old is gone. We know about that, right? Well, part of that old actually has to do with the old life. Everybody say, old life. You caught that accent. I see your stuff. So here's the thing, right? Our, our scripture today is Romans 6, 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism, right? Now, you guys are all thinking of now you're like getting dumped in a tank, right? But there's a difference into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So there's some things you have to understand is that uh, we were buried with Jesus, okay, in baptism. And that was our death. But we were also raised from the dead through the glory of the Father that we may have a what? Living a new life. So we may live a new life. So here's the thing, right? How many of y'all have actually died, okay, and you've been buried, and then all of a sudden you came up, right? You came up, like, straight from the bottom, right? You just came up from the grave and were like, what's good? How many of y'all have been through that experience? No, you have not, right? So what is it talking about? Is it talking about literally I got to put Jeremiah on a cross and I'll be like, say, listen, dude, you got it. You just, this is what happens, right? You got to be, you got to be like Jesus, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah's like, okay. And then Lawrence is just cheering him on, like, yes, you can do it, right? And then all of a sudden, I bury him in a tomb, right? And then all of a sudden, I go there and visit him after three days. And I'm like, welcome, Jeremiah. And he's dead, you know, because I didn't give him any food. No, it's, it's not like that. What it's speaking is a spiritual thing that is happening. Everybody's understood baptism, right? Everybody's heard of baptism. Has everybody heard of baptism? Brandon, have you ever heard of baptism? Amen. Have you heard of baptism? Okay. Amen. So here's the thing, right? Baptism is actually a symbol of what happened to Jesus. Jesus, right, had, had flesh, okay? That flesh was killed. He was buried. You, 
right, are a person. You're alive right now. You get dumped in the water. That's you being buried. Then when you come out the water, that's you being raised. Jesus rose again. So that's a whole symbol of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, what it's talking about is not the water baptism, though. It's not talking like if you, if you do this, you know, you'll have new life. But it's saying what happened to your spirit, what happened to your soul. Because how many of you guys understand you have a soul? And some of you guys have a soul, like an old soul, you would say. Some of you guys have a very cheerful soul or whatever. But here's the thing. You're not just body. You're not just a body, right? So Seth isn't just a linebacker, right? He has a soul, okay? And, and, and you know, Carmelo is not just a, he's not just a good guy with fashion, right? He has a soul, okay? So here's the thing. We are more than our bodies. We have a soul, and this soul dictates our life, okay? How many of you guys ever heard of people saying, man, you can't judge my life? You can't judge me? Only God can judge me. Everybody ever heard that before? That is, you're right. Hey. How many of you guys ever heard of that? I know, listen, I know you guys have heard of that. Come on, I need everybody raised their hand. Everybody's heard that. I'm pretty sure right now Corey's used that like at least six times. Right? Right? So here's the thing. Can you really know a person's life? Let's say, I, let's say I just know you from school. Can I really know your life? I want to challenge you guys on this. I won't, I won't tell you what you can or cannot know, but the Bible says this. Just like water reflects a face, so does the heart reflect the person's life. So, so as the water shows someone's face, I mean, you can't see the face, but you can see the reflection. You can see someone's heart by looking at their life. So you can see what kind of person they are judging by their life. So that's why, knowing, that's why knowing a life and having a life or whatever that is, that's important because it gives you insight on who that person is. So now in Romans 6, 4, it talks about how we are given a new life, but we can go to Romans uh, 6, uh, 6, 5 through 11. It says, for if we have been united with him in a death like this, we certainly also will be united with him in a resurrection like this. Everybody say death. Now everybody say resurrection. So if we've been united with a resurrection like his, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. Think about your old life. Your old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because, if you can continue, anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, we cannot die again. Death, death no longer has mastery over him. So here's the thing, right? If we died with Christ, like Christ, then we can live with Christ and like Christ. Does that make sense, guys? So our old self has to literally be killed, be destroyed. That means it has to be crucified like Jesus was on that cross, nailed there, and buried. So we all learned about the old you, right? Well, that old you and the life that that old you lived has to be killed, murdered, tortured, put to death. And the new you will come out raised and you'll have a new life. It says in Romans, uh, Romans 6, 7, if we can go there. See, what, what Paul is comparing this to is that you were, obviously we talked about this before, but you were enslaved to sin and death. But the Bible gets even deeper. You were married to it. 
You were married to death. Back in the day, you know what they would do? They would say, man, RJ, I really like your, uh, I like your camel and your mule. I'm a woman, and I have nowhere to go, right? So I'm going to sell myself as your wife's slave or whatever, and I'm going to live for you because this is what I desire, okay? Now, that's just an example, but RJ, right, being a man, being, needing lots of children, he says, go ahead, you can be my slave. That's what they did back then. That's no joke, right? So the Bible is saying, listen, that woman is not set free from slavery until, like, I'm not free from being uh, his slave until he dies. So we were enslaved to sin, right, and we were married to the law, right, into sin and death and everything. That was, that was our relationship with it. But if the old you dies now, you're set free from sin. You're set free from death. But this is what it says right here. And everybody say, but... right? To be freed from this, you must die. You must die. Now, I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm not going to all of a sudden pull out the bombs and be like, Allah Akbar, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Don't worry. It's not that type of church. We're not that type of congregation. But what I'm going to say is you must die. Everything that you hold near to you, everything that you think about yourself, whatever, the Bible said to deny yourself. So all about your old self, your old life, your ambitions, your desires, your dreams, that must be crucified on the cross. Now, if you want to be a veterinarian and you ask the Lord, like, Lord, you know, is this your will for my life? And he says, yes, I'm not, I'm not saying that, right? But the selfish ambition, the old life has to be gone. And the Bible says that we must count ourselves. Everybody say, count ourselves. If we go to Romans 6.11, that means to basically consider yourself. Think about it. Romans 6.11, the death he died, he died, he died to sin, right? Died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Talking about Jesus. In the same way. So in the same way as Jesus, you are to count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ. So you're to count yourselves dead to sin. Your old life, the old way you lived, has to be counted as dead. The old sinful life. Because Jesus, as a man, he went to the cross and he died to sin. That means, hey, listen, to sin, right? Dead Sin is dead to Jesus. Jesus destroyed sin. But when Jesus, when Jesus died, right, on that cross... As we know, right, he did not stay dead. He resurrected on the third day. Thus, basically saying that he is alive to God. And it's saying that we go through the same transformation. That means, hey, listen, listen, the old you that was depressed, angry, jealous, envious, being uh, hate, full of hate, full of, uh, full of disgust, full of perversion, all that, that person has to die. That means your attitude, right? The anger, the impatience that you have has to be considered dead. You have to consider that dead. That means if you're like, that's who I am. I'm just a jealous person. I'm just all about the money. That's how I was raised. You know, all, the, the, all, the, all of that has to be crucified. Has to be. Or you will not be made new. You will not be given a new life. So the new you cannot live until the old you is dead. So the new you that Jesus creates with the new life cannot live until the old you is dead along with the life it lived. 
So this is my question to you. Are you still living the old life? If we go to Ephesians 2, 1 through 8, we've, we've gone through this verse. We've looked through it, but I'm going to go through it again because, hey, listen, you keep reading the Bible. I hope to one day, hope to God, right, that it gets to your mind. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live. Everybody on the count of three, used to I was the count of three, but but when you followed the ways of this world, so that was the course of your action. All the things you did lined up with what the world did. That was the way you used to live. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So that was how you used to live. That was your old life, dead in your sins. Your old life ain't much of a life because it's dead. And listen, if you still have that old life, you can never receive the new life. Praise be to God. Jesus gives us a new life. If we can go to Romans 6, 8 through 10. And it says right here, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. So here's the thing. If we die with him, like I said before, then we can live with him. But most importantly, if we die like him, we can live like him. You got to catch that right now because the old you has to be, listen, Jesus, when he was on that cross, he suffered, he was tortured. The Lord gave me a drum roll. No, I'm joking. Put, Lawrence, it's cool if I put that right here. Amen. Thank you, Lawrence. So here's the thing, right? Jesus was sacrificed. He was killed. He was brutally murdered. No mercy whatsoever was shown towards him. Think about that. A lot of you guys are showing mercy towards your old life, your old habits. You're not, you're not putting that to death. You're like, hey, listen, my attitude, I mean, I don't think it's going to send me to hell. And you're just petting your attitude, your old life. You're in the bed with your old life. You're like, man, you know what? It's okay. I know you look at porn every, every so often. I know you don't really evangelize because you're scared because you know you're ashamed of God because it's just religion to you. But it's okay. I'll keep you close to me. Right? Oh, man, you know, you're lusting. Oh, you're stealing. You're lying. You only lie to a few people. That's okay. You know what? You're not fully killing the sin like Jesus was killed. So here's the thing. If you do not treat your old self, your sin, like Jesus was treated on the cross, you will go to hell. Because Jesus, listen, he wasn't just petted. He wasn't just put away under the rug. He wasn't just bad Jesus. You're not God. You're not God. Nope. Stop telling people you're God, Jesus. Nope. Stop telling people to stop being religious. Nope, Jesus. Can't do that. They didn't give him slaps on the wrist. They straight took him. They dragged him out of hair, ripped his beard from his face, and they beat him, put a crown of thorns on his head. If you don't do that to your old life, then you're not saved. That's it. If you do not treat the old sin, the old life, the old way of living like that, if you don't treat your lies like that, if you don't treat, if you don't treat your lust like that, if you don't treat your jealousy like that, your anger, your rage, your hatred, the Bible says that you are still stuck in the old, you are still dead in your transgressions, that you, have, you are not alive with Christ. So the new you equals a new life. So once you have done that, you are given a new life. Colossians 3, 
4 through 14, you are made alive with Christ. You are able to live like Christ because you died like him. It says right here, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in the, in the glory. Who, who is our life according to the scripture? Christ. So I, I, want, I want everyone, right, wake up real quick, wake up real quick. When Christ, who is your Still not. I don't know if you guys are getting this. When Christ who is your. When Christ who is your. When Christ is your. I don't want to hear about all this other talk about what your life is. Oh, my life's about education. My life's about my money. My life's about this. You are going to hell if your life is that. Because when Christ appears and your life was money, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to know who that is. You're going to be like, who is this? And Jesus ain't going to know you either. You're gonna, he's going to tell you, depart from me. Because if your life was all about the money, all about the girls, all about the guys, all about the pleasure, all about yourself, and that was your life, guess what? You have no, you have no part with Christ. You are not alive. You are dead. Your old life is still alive. Sin still is your master. Now, what does the new life look like? When Christ is your life, it says, we put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to our earthly nature. Everybody say the flesh. So the flesh is what gets you to do all the, 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 the like, tempts you, like, makes you want to do things, right? So when you see some money and you're like, man, I don't really have that money, but th much money, but that guy does, I want that. I think I'm going to take that. And you steal. Or let's say you don't steal. Let's say you covet it. And your whole life is basically about getting someone else's property. You're always comparing yourself to someone else, and you want what they have. I bet y'all don't even know that's actually sin. That's in the Ten Commandments. You're not supposed to covet your neighbor's property, covet your neighbor's wife, covet your neighbor's anything. So if you like looking at Jay-Z, you're like, dang, I wish I had a Beyonce, then guess what? Listen, you're in sin. That's what the Bible says. If you're looking at your best friend's girl, and you're like, dang, let me take his girl, because I, I, you know, I want that, right? You're in sin. And listen, we don't understand that. We think, hey, listen, if I don't kill anybody, if I don't, if I don't steal from my mom, I'm straight. I'm going to heaven. But this is what the Bible says. When when you have a new life, you put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the flesh, whatever, not some things, not just a little bit, not just your two chains on your neck, right? Not just, not just you know, your, your, your odd obsession with, you know, uh, little, my little pony or whatever, not just that, right? Not just that, you put to, to death whatever belongs to your flesh, and that goes for sexual morality, anything, any type of sexual activity that happens outside of marriage. That means homosexuality. That means being a transgender. That means having sex with someone that's not your wife. That means lust. That means all of that. Jesus, hey, this ain't even me. If you're, if you're mad at me, hey, listen, then you must be angry at Jesus. Because Jesus said if you lust in your heart after someone that's not your wife, it don't mean if that's your girl. If that's your girl, that's not your girl till you're married. Sad, but it's true. Ain't your girl till you marry. So if you're like, man, I just have sex with my girlfriend, it ain't your wife. If you even lust after them, that's sin. If that, if that is not your husband. So any sexual morality, else, any, any sexual behavior outside of marriage, boom, impure. If you're telling people, like, hey, man, you know, I'll help you out. And, and like, let's say it's, it's, you're telling people one thing, but you mean a different thing. That's what the Bible also means by impure. But then also, if, if again, right, you're, you're having lustful thoughts over someone that is not your wife. That's also considered impurity. Lust, right? Desiring, having passion for someone or something that doesn't belong to you. Evil desires and greed. Greed. 
the love of money. The Bible says that's the root of all evil. And this is idolatry. Did you know that God condemned people in the Old Testament? He sentenced them to death because of idolatry. And if you love money and you put money before God, guess what? You are in the same judgment as them. Plain and simple. But this is what the old you is. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Yes, the wrath of God. Not the love of God. God's not coming with open arms like, ah, and just hugging all the murderers like, oh, man, you just murdered someone. Oh, it's okay. Oh, you just, oh, you, you affirmed homosexuality. Oh, you aborted babies. Oh, oh, you're a racist. Oh, yes, I just love you guys so much. No, he's coming with the wrath of God. He's coming with all his wrath. He's coming with his anger towards sin, not towards the individual per se, but the sin that he is in bed with. And he's in bed with them, so he's getting the wrath of God. But let's, let's learn about the new life. What does the new life look like? If we go to the next slide, please. It says, you used to walk in these ways. Amen. All of us did. In the, every time we see life, I'm just like, all right? So when you see me, that means you say it, right? So in the, you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Some of you guys cuss all the time, I bet, on PS4. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self. You've taken off the old life with its practices, right? So your old self, the old you, is gone with the old life. And it says right now that you put on the, if we can continue with the next slide. And I put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of its image of its creator, here, there is no Gentile, no Jew, uncircumcised, circumcised, barbarian. Basically, there's no other race, but Christ is all and is in all. You have a new view, a new life, a new you. You have all of that once you put on the new self, right? The new, with its new life. And if we continue, and it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, you are chosen, you are holy, you are dearly loved. It says, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against each other, and then someone, it says, forgive them as the Lord forgave you, and over all virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I want to share with you guys, you guys make excuses for your sin instead of killing it. When you can have compassion, amen, you can have compassion. You can literally look at your neighbor, right, that is suffering, that you once hated, but now in your new life, you're able to love them, right? Let's say, let's say people used to annoy you at your home, man. Like you can stand your sister. You can stand your brother. You hate the person who abandoned you. Now you're able to forgive them as Christ forgave you. Now, right, instead of, instead of always being angry and having malice, you can literally bear with people. That means deal with them. Amen. Deal with them. You don't have to roll your eyes every 24, every, every 24 seconds. Right? You can deal with them. You can love them. It's not just, just tolerating them. It's literally loving them. Amen. This is the new life. It's all bind together with love and perfect unity. So here's the thing, right? If we can go back to the last slide. Do you have compassion? Do you have kindness? Do you have humility, gentleness, patience? Do you have that? Do you bear with your neighbors? Do you bear with each other and forgive one another when you guys do something wrong against each other? Do you do it? Because if you don't, you don't have the new self. You don't. I'm sorry, you don't, and you need to repent. You need to put on the new self. So here's the thing. If we could go to Romans 6, 11... 
death, the death he died. Now, we, we, can, we counted ourselves dead to sin, but we also have to count ourselves alive to Christ. We must consider ourselves alive to Christ. That means we can't just think we are, we are still dead in our sin. We have to not only count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. We have to view ourselves like we're Jesus. That's what it is. If we are alive, we are like Christ. Because Christ was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead life, the old life, and now we have new life. So we have to understand that we are like Christ. Amen. Can you guys, with all confidence, say you are like Christ? Can you say that I'm like Christ? When when you call yourself a Christian, you're pretty much doing that. That's literally what it means, like Christ. So are you living a new life? You're either dead to sin or you're you're either dead to sin and dead to God. Or you're you're dead to sin and alive to God. So let me, let me say that again. You're either dead to sin or dead to God. You're either alive to sin or alive to God. There's no in between. So like if you think, right, I come to elevate sometimes. I got a girlfriend in the church, right? I'm good. I'm alive to God. No, you're wrong. You're still dead in sin. If you're thinking, hey, man, I can smoke some weed before I come here and just repent later, you're still dead to sin. You're, that's still your master. But if you come here, right, and you understand that you have compassion, you've been saved by God's grace, you have love for your neighbor, you have been made new, and there's no greater life. You see, there's no greater life than the new life. If you're able to have compassion with your neighbor, right, all, the whole world will cheer for this, but they don't want Jesus. If you're able to have compassion for your neighbor you disagree with, that's almost unheard of nowadays. The minute someone pisses you off, right, you, get, you catch your attitude. Right? You need compassion. You need to put on the new self. Put to death that attitude. And listen, pick up the gratitude. Pick up Jesus. Put him on. Almost like a fresh new clothes. I mean, some of y'all, some of y'all will never leave the house dirty. But I'm telling you right now, your soul is as dirty as can be. Your soul is about as dirty as a mat. Your soul is about as dirty as some dirty laundry. But guess what? Christ will make you clean. He'll put on compassion so you can care for your neighbor, right? He'll help you forgive the person that hurts you. He will help you love those that are deemed unlovable. He will help you. If we can uh, go to uh, 1 Peter 4, 1 through 5, and if I can have Stephanie come up to the keys. So here's the thing. A lot of you guys, you guys have been given the new life. You guys have, you guys have partaken in that. You have been baptized in Jesus. The old you is dead. The new you is here, right? And, and, and you've been raised again. You've been given new life. But you're thinking about going back. 1 Peter chapter 4 1 through 5, I can have everyone's attention. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Everybody say, same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. So what did I tell you about sin? Sin has to suffer. Your old you has to be killed. You can't have any mercy because the life that Christ gives you is full of so much joy, full of so much love, full of so much peace. Think about it. When Christ rose again, they could hardly recognize him because of how beautiful he looked, because of the glory that he had. And that is how your soul will look. You will no longer deal with the things that you used to deal with in the world. And if things do attack you, guess what? You now understand the new self. You count yourself alive to sin. So here's the thing, right? The new life involves suffering. You may have to give up 
that education to that college for that money, right? You may say, listen, man, this is going to take all my life. I'm devoting all my life to it, but God wants me to do something else, right? He doesn't want me. And listen, I, I, this, this may seem crazy, but right now, he doesn't want you guys to sell yourself for sex. He doesn't want you guys to get in that relationship. Because listen, the Bible says impurity is a part of the old self. And some of us get into relationships saying, hey, I'm not going to have sex or anything, knowing dang well. Listen, we're getting into that for that. Because we desire that. We desire sex. So that may involve suffering. That may, you may have to suffer that loss. But here's the thing. It says right here, as a result, they do not, uh, it says as a result, they do not live the rest of their eternal uh, earthly lives for human desires, but rather for the will of God. So we don't live for our own desires anymore as we have an, oh, a new life, but it's for the will of God. Our life is now the will of God. Now, here's the thing. If you hate the will of God, that's you. You can be stupid, and I'm going to feel bad for you. I'll pray for you. But the will of God is perfect. Think about it. God created us, then he created the will. He created our life. If we, uh, and it says, therefore, since Christ suffered in the body, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, grousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless living. Stop right there. So you've done this enough. You've done enough sin. You've dealt with the same thing over and over and over. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of coming to Elevate, going to the altar? Then all of a sudden you get up from the altar. You go back to your sin. Then the week goes by. You come back to the altar. You ask God for forgiveness. You go back and you keep going on and on and on and on, just like the people who don't believe in Jesus. You see, your life literally looks no different than the people who don't believe in Christ. Listen, if you want to know whether you're, you're good with God or not, just compare your life to someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, right? Think about that. So are you focused on your schoolwork? Great. So is this person who doesn't believe in Jesus and they're better than you. Oh, you're focused on relationships. You just want to be a good, uh, a good boyfriend and then a good husband one day, right? You're just trying to be good. So is this person that doesn't believe in Jesus? What are you doing? Oh, you're focused on making money. Bravo, bravo. Most of the richest people don't believe in God. What, what's your life? What is different about your life? Your life is different because it resembles Christ. You have compassion that is not heard of amongst people who don't believe in Christ. It looks like Jesus. You don't judge people by a worldly point of, point of view. You don't gossip. You don't slander. Instead, you lift up people. You encourage them. You point them to Christ. You see, here's the thing. Without the gospel, your life looks just like anybody else's. Your life looks like just, let's just like anybody else's. But once you have the gospel, the, the exact story of Jesus becomes your story. Your old self was killed, murdered, brutally destroyed on that cross. The new you is here, raised from the dead. So here's the thing. People may want the old you. It said right there in 1 Peter 4, uh, 4 that people may want the old you. They may want the old you. They might say, Libni, man, you don't. You're always at the church. You're always talking about Jesus. I'm tired of that. Let's talk about something else instead. They may look at Sean. They may say, Sean, you know what? You're not, you're not the same anymore. You don't laugh at our perverted jokes anymore. You're not fun. They may say, Seth, man, all you do is talk about God and your testimony. Man, forget all that. We're tired of hearing that. Come back. Let's get drunk again. Let's smoke. Let's just sit down and watch Netflix all day and chill. 
man, why don't you text me like you used to? You may get that all the time. I used to get that. I had one friend who said, I missed you when you were depressed. You're a lot more fun. I was like, bro, what? But that's the whole thing. They're calling you back. But this is what I want to encourage you. And it, it is an encouragement, but it's also a warning. If we can go to that last verse, verse 5. No, not that, not that verse. 1 Peter 4, verse 5. It says they heap abuse on you. They talk all types of stuff about you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Here's the thing. If you don't have new life, you will be judged righteously. God will look at your deeds and what you've done. He'll judge you. But if you do have new life, right, he is willing to forgive you. If, he get, if you are willing to accept his new life, he's willing to forgive you of the old things you did. And then he's able to help you live this new life. So if everybody can stand up and if I can have my altar workers come up. So here's the thing, right? The old life is dead. The new life is raised with Christ. And you should not turn back. If we go to Proverbs, and this is just it, the last verse I want to share with you. As a dog returns to his vomit, so will fools repeat their folly. So like a dog returns to his vomit, right, that's disgusting, so are you when you return to your sin and your foolishness. That's just the truth. But if you live this new life, oh, it is the greatest thing you could ever experience. There's so much love. Think about that love binds us together now. Love, the love of God. So if you guys can all close your eyes. I want, you guys, I, want to go, I want to help you guys, right, understand this. So think about right now things you go through the week, temptations, things that cause you to be angry, cause you to sin. I want, you to, I want to walk you through this, right? Because we have to kill the old life. We have to kill it. So I want you to picture all the sin you've done, right? Put it on the cross and picture it killed. Just picture it just like you've seen the passion of Christ. You've seen Jesus. Picture the old you, the one who loved to get drunk on the weekends, the one who loves to smoke, the one who loves to cuss, the one who loves to be angry and jealous. Think of that one. Put it on the cross. That's the first thing. But let's say right now, you said, I'm already done that, man. I've already been saved. I've been born again. How am I supposed to resist sin? Well, it's easy. Count yourself as dead to sin. When you're about to sin, you feel tempted. You say, that's the old me. That person's dead. I'm like Jesus. So think about it. You're tempted to watch porn. That's the old me. I'm alive to Jesus. You're tempted to lie. That's the old me. I'm alive to Jesus. Count yourself. Consider yourself like Jesus because the old you has already gone through that same process. Then do not. Do not listen to those who are telling you to turn back. Think about all the friends that are telling you to turn back. I want you right now to... Send all those lies to hell. Every lie they're telling you, you're more fun. You'll, you'll regret it. Religion's for fools, man. That stuff don't make sense. All that stuff, put it to the trash. I want you guys to literally do that because I know a lot of uh, some of you, you guys come in and out of church, and this will help you so much. This will benefit you. Consider yourself dead to sin and alive in Christ. If everybody can bow their heads and close their eyes, I'm going to call up the people 
that are stuck in the old life to receive prayer. And I'm going to call up those that are in the new life, but they feel like going back. They're always feeling that call back to their old life. Those are the two people I'm going to come up after I pray or during my prayer. You guys are free to come up. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you give us new life. Lord, I thank you that you, Lord, came as a man, that you died a gruesome death, but you rose again. Lord, I thank you, God, that we can go through that same experience, the old us, that was full of depression and sin and anxiety and worry, full of the cares of this world, our selfish ambition, that can be killed right now like you were killed on that cross, and that we can have new life. We can be raised with you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would convict the hearts of everyone in here, Lord. That, God, whatever, Lord, they're trying to hold back, whatever keeps calling them back to that grave, God, I pray right now, Lord, you would remind them that they are to count themselves alive, that you consider them a child, that they are no longer like the world, but they are like Christ, God. Lord, I pray this in your name, God, that you would begin to convict them by your spirit, Lord. That as Stephanie sings, Lord, that you would begin to speak to them. You would begin to show them where in their life, God, that they need to give up. They need to put off the old self and put on the new self with the new life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.